0: This week 13 Thursday night football player props edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com Bet Rivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com Bet Rivers. Ross, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Deep Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, November the 29th, currently 3-12 on the East Coast. Here to get into our Thursday night football player props between the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as a voice, of course, on the NBA PropCast and here on the NFL PropCast. I got my guy here with me. It's Chris B. Kapp. and Chris, what's going on, brother? How you doing?
1: What's going on? You know, another another NFL uh, Thursday night football game, man. Hopefully we can uh, the, the spread doesn't really indicate this one is going to be super close, you know, but we know <laughs> that Dallas is, uh, you know, if you just look, look at where they are in their schedule right now, they are, you know, about to face some tougher opponents. So we'll see if they're able to you know, cover all these spreads. They did just beat down my my Commanders. And, you know, when you're a Commanders fan, you just set the expectations super low so that way your Thanksgiving isn't ruined um, and you just enjoy the food <laughs> on Thanksgiving. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited, to, as always, to, you know, to get into these games. And uh, at least we have some, what I think is, uh, you know, some pretty good offenses, even though both of these defenses are sneakily good as well. So uh, excited to talk about it with you today, you know. Let's jump into it.
0: Yeah, I mean like you mentioned uh the Cowboys coming off of the the Thursday or sorry, the Thanksgiving Day victory last Thursday against your Commanders and uh, I mean they made uh, quick work of it. But again, I think it's what you mentioned as well, Chris, it's just that the Cowboys haven't played anyone uh impressive, you know, um over the And, and again, I know the car, the counter argument always is well, you play who's in front of you, right? And I I think that for the Cowboys like you mentioned like the 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 schedule gets a little bit tougher here and you i mean i'm trying to pull up their um their exact schedule which kind of transpired for them over the season and i mean yeah, last week it was the commanders and then you know they face teams like the patriots and they face teams like the jets the giants uh the rams the uh the panthers so now they're going to a stretch uh on their schedule here. So we're gonna find out if the Cowboys are actually contenders or they're pretenders because again, Seattle, they're a competitive team. I think we could probably say they're a an average team um, you know, in the NFL, but then they have uh the Eagles come into town, they go to Buffalo, they go to Miami, and then they go uh and then they welcome Detroit before they wrap it up in Washington. Uh, or against Washington, I should say, in the last game of the regular season. So now we're going to get to the part of their schedule for the Cowboys where we'll find out what this team is really all about. And again, the losses that they did take was week three in that shocking loss uh, in an upset victory for the Arizona Cardinals. And then they got stomped, I believe, it on Sunday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. So now the competition is going to stiffen up a little bit here for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Meanwhile, for the Seattle Seahawks last season, they did make the playoffs uh, where I, a lot of people were expecting that team to probably have a top 5 pick in the draft last season but they defied all odds uh Geno Smith had an incredible year for the um uh, Seattle Seahawks last year and you know they've lost rather the last four games it's been against better competition they lost to the San Francisco 49ers last week they lost to the Rams uh the week before in LA they beat the Commanders and they took a drumming against the uh, uh Baltimore Ravens and um I mean I I For the Seahawks team, I really don't know what to expect for them, Chris, uh, from week in and week out. Uh, Was Geno Smith deserving of the contract that he got from Seattle? I think we can say based on his performance last year, yes. But this year, I think a lot of, especially myself, was expecting him to take a step back. And I think when we did our season-long preview of our player props, I did take Geno Smith under on his passing yards uh, for the season. I need to get an update on how that's going. But, I mean – if you want to talk about the Cowboys and the Seahawks, man, that I guess more of the conversation about Seahawks, but what have you seen about the Seahawks here that maybe has impressed you or hasn't impressed you about this team?
1: Hey, man, real quick. So, you know, if you, if you write Gino off, you know, he's not going to write you back. Just, just, just so you know, okay. Before we get started. Uh, but uh, one of the, one of the greatest quotes we probably got from, from the NFL last season, but um, it's just, it's just been, uh, you know, I think honestly, just that, that regression, you know, if like I, we we you you I think were spot on when we did our season long previews and we were talking about the AFC division. Um, you know, a couple things jump out to me. First and foremost, um the remarkable season he had last year. So so we, we we're bound to have some kind of regression and that's why they were so good because he, you know, this defied all odds last season and he had a, yeah. a spectacular season with Metcalf and 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 Lockett and you know that offense was going, the defense was humming again. Um so you you're bound to have a little bit of regression. We know that the consistency in the NFL is one of the most hard the, one of the hardest things to, to maintain, you know. So I think that's a big part of it. I also think um, you know, looking at uh Seattle's um what was I gonna say? Uh I think my, maybe their offense. Uh and, and going back to Geno, like like we kind of just talked about, I don't think that, you know, that was sustainable. Oh, I, I know what I was gonna say. It's contract. So it's contract, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you would agree with this, mean is – a lot of the times it's based on what have you done for me lately, right? And we see a yeah. lot of these, a lot of these quarterbacks, you know, Tom Brady just came out and said that there's a bunch of mediocrity at the, at the quarterback position in the NFL. So if you can find one that you can hold, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, hang on to imagine if Gino was, was having the season that he had last season this season, you know, like mm-hmm. that yeah. without having them one last year. I mean, they'd probably be, you know, all the teams would be trying to sign them. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Uh, but as time goes on, you know teams kind of study you. They they figure you out as a whole, and and then they kind of game plan for you. You know, offensive and defensive coordinators get paid millions of dollars to 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 scout you and see what you do well and see what see what your flaws are as well. And then when they make the game plan, it's to expose those flaws. So I think a little bit a little bit of it has been you know just a little bit of it all, honestly. Um, but more so, I think the offense and the, the lack of scoring. They're not one of the. Teams that are that are scoring the ball, granted, given all the offensive weapons they have, so that's my yeah. my my quick analysis. I think you know.
0: Yeah, I think for the Seahawks. I mean, you mentioned I think that their wide receiving group, when healthy, can be one of the best ones. I think top ten for sure. Maybe somebody, want, some people may even want to put them in the top five uh, as far as their wide receiving group goes. You know, led by DK Metcalf, Tyler Lac- uh, Tyler Lockett, and then also they drafted uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba last season in the or sorry of last year in the draft. So. And again, this running game as well, right? You talk about Kenneth Walker. You also drafted Zach Charbonnet as well. So this team definitely has the offensive weapons. Uh, It's just about them, you know, really putting it together. Uh, But again, last season, I don't think, I don't think it was a fluke for the Seattle Seahawks just because they do have the talent on both sides of the football. But I think this is definitely an interesting team, uh, you know, going forward, um, you know, for the Seattle Seahawks team post the Russell Wilson era. Uh, All right, Chris, before we do get into our player props here for the, uh, Thursday night football game between the Seahawks and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Let me tell everyone about Bet Rivers. We're brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers as well. So sign up uh, using our link to get a risk-free bet up to $500. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash rivers. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash rivers. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Chris, let's get into our player props here for the uh, Thursday night football game between the Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. Why don't you lead us off, my man?
1: Let's do it, you know. So we've been talking a little bit about Dallas's defense, and we also talked about Geno Struggling. So this one, you know, if you might actually enjoy this, you might find this a little bit of a because of your season-long prop. But I'm taking Gino. No, no surprise here. I'm going under on his passing yards. The number is two twenty-two and a half, I wanna say. It's a tad bit juice. You can shop around. But um th- this this is really just correlated well with that Dallas defense. And it's we know that they've been one of the, the best passing defenses in the league. And um <clears throat> although Gino did go over and um, every other game so far this season, I think that this is the spot where he probably goes under. And so looking at the opposing quarterbacks so far this season, uh, well, well, let's start with the spread. So the spread, we talked about it being, you know, multiple multiple possessions. To me, that kind of indicates that they will be passing, uh, you know, probably a tad bit more. Seattle already doesn't rush the ball a lot. But the Cowboys defense has been excellent versus the pass. Um, only one of the five opponents that they have faced in the last five weeks have actually thrown for more than 223 yards and they've only given up 223 yards uh this season or more you know just three times out of 12 games so that you know that's a that's a pretty big sample size so far this season mm-hmm. um I know Dallas is coming off a really really big win but they kind of have it going right now you know against these lesser opponents this isn't you know the Philadelphia Eagles this isn't the San Francisco 49ers the teams that they've lost to already this season so I think that they can hold Geno under as well. I think, you know, looking at Geno, one of the first things I wanted to do was take his uh, pass attempts under. But then I'm like, ah, that don't really make a lot of sense. So I expect Seattle to to be able to try to control, it, control the pace of this game, probably run it just a tad bit more, even though I don't know how successful they're going to be there either. Uh, but I, I like Geno to go under on his passing yards, you know, especially in a – you know, in a in a Thursday night football game where we, we typically play a lot of overs and then we, you know, end up dying on the hook or whatever the case might be. So, for yeah. I got it was uh, requesting some unders a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully he can, he's listening to this one and he can bet this under with us and make some cash with Gino to go under 225 and that, under 222 and a half passing yards here, you know.
0: I mean, you take a look at the quarterbacks that have gone over this number, right? It was Brock Purdy uh, on that Sunday night football game, like I mentioned, but that offense um, is just on elite level is the 49ers. And then we know the 49ers pretty much dominate against the Dallas Cowboys uh, over the past several seasons. And then the only other one um, or the two other one with Justin Herbert, he barely got over this number uh at 227. And last week, I mean just going off a of game script what was going on last week. The the commanders were just forced to throw the football with Sam Howell. And we know Sam Howell likes to fling the football all over the field. He leads the league um in passing yards. And again, a lot of that is because the commanders are trailing in the game a lot. But you know, if we know anything about Pete Carroll, he likes to establish the run, right? I'm not sure if Kenneth Walker is going to be playing in this game or not, but uh Luffersak Zach Charbonnet to get most of the uh bulk of the carries here. He has been over the last two weeks. Um for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So yeah, I think that defensively this team can step up as well. I think we'd be remiss also not to mention uh, the 11 to one winner that uh, Rod gave out last week uh, for the Thanksgiving day games where drawn bland uh, intercepted the football. Not only did he intercept, it, but he also ran it back for a, uh, a pick six. I think that he broke. Yeah. He did break the record, the NFL record for pick, pick sixes last week on, uh, on the Thanksgiving day games uh, against the Commanders. So uh, yeah, I mean, we're, We're trying to give out others. We're also giving out a huge uh, long shot odds uh, prop bets that are cashing here as well at 11 to one. So yeah, I'd like to call on Gino here um, in this game against the Cowboys. I'm also looking at Gino here, um, Chris, but I'm I'm looking at his um, rushing yards to go over in this game. It's at nine and a half. I thought the number was really conservative for uh, Gino Smith. Number one, I think that if his pass rush is able to get To Geno Smith, Uh, he hasn't been um, afraid to utilize his legs uh, this season, right? So I know he hasn't done it a lot, but when he needs to, he does it. So last week against the San Francisco 49ers, he had four attempts for 21 yards. Against the Commanders, he went one for 13. Against the Cardinals, six for 10. Against the Bengals, four for 20. Against the Detroit Lions, three for 20. So It's not like he hasn't done it this season. Then you take a look at what opposing quarterbacks have done against the Cowboys as far as rushing the football. First three weeks of this regular season, Daniel Jones, uh, 13 of uh, 43. Um, Zach Wilson, 5 for 36. Josh Dobbs, 6 for 77. Uh, Justin Herbert went 6 for 20. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we know, a scrambling quarterback, 10 for 36. Um, Even Tommy DeVito, 7 for 41. And then even Sam Howell last week. I gave out Sam Howell over on his uh, rushing yards. I believe that number was 13 and a half, and I got hooked on that. So, asking him to get ten rushing yards here, I don't think is a big deal for Geno Smith. Like I mentioned, he's done it, um, you know, several times this season. And again, uh, more quarterbacks have done it than not uh, against the Cowboys this season. So, if that pass rush led by Mika Parsons able to get to him, I expect Geno Smith to utilize his legs and at least get you know a couple attempts here. I think definitely he will get over this number of nine and a half rushing yards here, Chris.
1: Yeah, I looked at this one as well. You know, it was my uh, probably honorable mention as far as a second quarterback prop because it's because of what you said, and I like the handicap last week. It's the same. It's pretty much the same as what you were saying about Sam yeah. How. It's it's that that, that pass defense. Um, you know, they, they you expect them if, if game script goes the way we think it'll go, then Dallas will be winning. Gino will um, have to be throwing the ball just a tad bit more, specifically in the second half. And if that rush gets to him with with Mika Parsons and those other linebackers, you know, trying to get after him, he he'll be forced to run the ball just a tad bit more. When I was looking at this, he didn't have the most attempts, but you 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 think about game script and how they'll deviate from you know from the pass, and I would only be able to play him over. I think nine and a half is a tad bit too conservative, and I'd be honestly I'd be scared, you know, watching this game thinking that Gino couldn't go out there and get 10, 10 yards uh, with his feet in this one, you know. So I like the number as well, nine and a half. I would only play the over.
0: Perfect. Uh all right, uh Chris Singles into your next player problem. What do we got?
1: So I know you just kind of mentioned them, uh, Zach. Carbonet, Cabernet. Uh I'm I'm also I, I talked about Gino going under. I'm taking the under here as well. You know, this one is a as a as a, a maybe a, a little bit more risky because I think as as you mentioned at the top of the show, Kenneth Walker um probably will not sl- suit up in this game. The last time I checked, I think it's I think it's an oblique injury mm-hmm. that he was dealing with and uh yeah. he did not practice Yesterday, because today's Wednesday, he did not practice yesterday as well. So it doesn't look like he's probably going to play in this game, which will mean that there'll be more um, carries for Zach in this game. But um, so, so, so this, the for me, the, the game script for the Cowboys, who, like I said, we talked about this already, they have a, a very, very good, you know, uh, passing defense. But the the reason that they are able to do that is because they, they've been doing a pretty good job of sh- shutting down the run as well and forcing you into those situations where you actually have to pass the football so um you know this one when you look at the handicap he, of course he is not he's under in none of his last 10 but that's also with Kenneth Gainwell being back there and them kind of splitting the carries so mm-hmm. understanding that he will get majority of the carries if and when Kenneth Gainwell is ruled out can you know we will probably see this number tick up just a tad bit when Kenneth Gainwell came well Kenneth Gainwell is ruled out so if you want to wait on this one could not talk you off but um, I think that, you know, Seattle, looking at their numbers as well, you know, another part of this handicap was they're not really rushing the ball that often. I want to mm-hmm. say they were bottom 10 in, in, uh, in rushes, bottom 10 in rushing yards per game as well, uh, specifically over their last few. And I think the Cowboys understand the game script of, you know, Seattle trying to give him the ball so that they can establish the run and then potentially open it up because a team that's going to beat Dallas, I think you would agree with this. You know, a team that's going to beat Dallas and really compete with them. is going to be a well-balanced team, right? A team that can run the ball on first down, maybe get some play action in there on second down so that they can kind of th- throw you off and, you know, not have, you know, what's coming next. When Dallas can just sit back there, pin their ears back and know that they can rush the passer. Um, doesn't really bode well for the opposing team. Uh, prime example, exhibit A which would be Sam Howell last week <laughs> against the, yeah. against them. And and Dallas just plays a little bit better uh, at home as well, in their dome, where they're comfortable. Um, so I like Zach to go under. The number is 48 and a half right now, but like I said, you can wait uh, because if Kenny Gamewell is ruled out, then the number will tick up just a tad bit, but I think they can slow him down here enough and keep him under, under. you know, I'm just asking him to stay under 50 yards
0: here. 3.78 yards uh, per carry is what the Cowboys are allowing to the running back position Uh, This season, that ranks top, uh, let's see, top seven, top six here uh, for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And um, I think for, for, I I don't think Kenneth Walker will end up playing in this game. Um, Number one, because like you mentioned that he is dealing with that injury. It is a short week for them as well. Uh, Last week, he only had four uh, carries for 18 yards. Uh, And again, he probably did leave that game with an injury, but you no, know, for Zach Charbonnet, I haven't been really impressed about what he's been able to do over the past couple of weeks as well, right? I mean, his yards per carry haven't been there over three of the last four games. So I'm going to throw the Baltimore game out the window. I mean, he only had four carries for eight yards, but we know that team is a really good defensive front. A lot of people have are, are having success against Washington. We're not going to talk about that, but against the Rams, he was only 15 of 47, and then the San Francisco 49ers, 14 of 47 as well. So. I mean, we talk about teams that are good against the run. Uh, like I mentioned, that he faced the Niners, Diners' second-best team against the run, right? Um, I just feel like this is going to be a game where it might just be, a, again, a typical primetime game that we've seen this season where it's going to be ugly. Yards are going to be at a premium. Points are going to be at a premium. I know Dallas is undefeated at home this season, so... I just think that, you know, if if it comes to a point that it just turns into a blowout for the Dallas Cowboys, that we may see Drew Locke and Drew Locke comes in and they're gonna have to throw the football around. So um yeah, I mean I definitely I can get behind this. Again, it's just the fact that I, I believe in this Dallas front uh, front seven, at least their rush defense has been really good so far this season.
1: Yeah, and then just just to add some numbers to that as well. You know, if I have yeah. my notes are pulled up now. Looking at looking at Seattle, I t- you talked about how good their rush defense was. Looking at Seattle's offense, they're 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 only getting four point one yards per carry, which ranks bottom ten. They're they're only running the ball twenty three times per game, which is the second fewest in the in the league, and they're only getting ninety five point eight rushing yards per game, which is also bottom six as well. So, um, all of those reasons, you know, I I I'd, I'd be okay with you know you can wait, like I said, to to see if it ticks up just a tad bit, which it should. If Kenneth Gamewell is ruled out, but I, I would come back in on the under here with uh, with Zach Cabernet.
0: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. All right. Before we get over to my next player prop for this Thursday night football game between the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys, let me tell everyone about Prize Picks. Look, Prize Picks—they're um, a daily fantasy sports uh, website where you can get down on on you know playing alongside some of your favorite. Fantasy players. And again, on draw on price picks, they're very unique because they give you the opportunity to combine um fantasy players combos. So for example, since the basketball seasons here, and I'll use that as an example of college football, sorry, college basketball here and the NBA well underway. You can now pick the combo projections across football and basketball from the specials leagues tab. So this is a special league that was created specifically for combo projections, like I mentioned. So that includes two or more players from different sports. So it could be from the NFL. It could be from the NBA. So just for an example, let's say you want to get down on LeBron James and Travis Kelsey on a combo at a number of 10 and a half. And that combination is three pointers made by LeBron and receptions for Mr. Uh, Travis Swift. I'll call him uh, for uh, over on price pick. So you can do that. And that's so what's the gross. Some of the great things about price pick. So, Again, you can play alongside some of Picks favorite favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. You can also find this in the Community Plays uh, tab, in the Promos tab under the app. So again, just go to uh, Community Plays under the Promos tab, and you'll be able to find the entries for some of the biggest names in the Picks community every single week. Plus, PrizePix offers a reboot policy. So what the hell is a reboot policy? Reboot policy means that if your player gets injured in the first half of the game, regardless of the sports, so or if it's a football game, whether it's an NBA game, that player um, gets injured in the first half and they don't return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. We'll put together a fix at the uh, entry for this Thursday Night Football game at the end of the show, so uh, stay tuned for that, but all you got to do is go to pricepix.com SGPN and make sure you use that promo code SGPN for your first deposit match up to $100. So again, that's pricepix.com SGPN. Use that promo code SGPN. You'll get your first deposit match up to $100. Pricepix, daily fantasy sports made easy. And we brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort our players by hit rate. At- for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets or for more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bet app or visit ajofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Chris, let me get over to my next player prop uh, for this Thursday night football game. I'm going to go over to the Dallas Cowboys side. We're talking about running backs. I'm looking at Tony Pollard in this game. I'm looking at the over 19 and a half receiving yards for Tony Pollard. And let's start here with the Seattle Seahawks defense against the running back position as far as through the air, right? They're allowing the fifth most Receiving yards to so the running back position this season at around close to forty-two um, re- uh, receiving yards per game. They're also allowing an average of um, let's see here five point two seven, so about five receptions per game. And they also um, are giving up the targets as well, which was around seven uh, for the Seattle Seahawks defense against the tight end position. Now we take a look at Tony Pollard, um, and he's starting to you know he's starting to. I guess look like the running back that the Dallas Cowboys were expecting him to be um coming into the season, especially after letting Zeke go. But we know that we've seen Tony Pollard just be an absolute menace through the passing game, right? Early on in the season, He wasn't getting really involved, but over the last couple of weeks here, he's seen a total of 11 targets through the passing game. And he's turned those 11 targets into 10 receptions and a total of 43 receiving yards last week against the commanders. He was able to do that. He got 24 receiving yards against the Carolina Panthers. He got hooked uh, on that receiving yard number, which was at 19, but he had 80 against the chargers 35 against the 49ers 37 early in the season against the New York jets. And if you take a look at also what running backs have done through the passing game uh, against the Seahawks in particular, um, trying to pull up the numbers here against the Seahawks through the passing game. So last week, uh, Christian McCaffrey, five receptions, 25 yards. The week before, Dale Henderson Jr., before he got cut by the Rams against the Seahawks, had four receptions for uh, 28 yards. The Ravens, um, Weren't able to get there, but even the Browns and their passing game, uh, Pierre Strong, one of their running backs, had a 41-yard reception. Uh, Going back to the Bengals, Joe Mixon, three for 40, uh, sorry, three for 24. Um, Let's see, Matt Breida, even when he was filling in for the Saquon Barkley when he was injured, had five receptions for 48 yards. Uh, Miles Sanders, five for 38. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, a guy that we've talked a lot about on this uh, prop cast, seven for 39. So I think Derek, uh, sorry, uh, Tony Pollard definitely fits those mold of those running backs, especially pass-catching uh, running backs. So I think 19 and a half, I think, is definitely doable here for Tony Pollard. I think he'd get this done in maybe two or three targets. Again, he has that breakout ability. We've seen it in multiple times throughout his career. I like this number of 19 and a half over on Tony Pollard here, receiving yards here, Chris.
1: Yeah, I like him, you know. I like it just because I know a couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, me and you talked about well, oh, I talked about liking Tony Pollard, and we talked about him, like, not really breaking out and living up the expectation like we thought he would. Um, it does feel like more recently they've been giving him the ball just a tad bit more, both, like, rushing the ball, his numbers are up, uh, and receiving the ball, you know, just his targets in general. Both of those numbers are up over the last couple of weeks going back to um, the Arizona game. And I, and I think that may have been when we were on him. I think I might have taken his anytime touchdown in that game. Uh, but yeah, carries are up uh, 23, 25, 14 uh, receptions and targets are up as well. And the other thing about uh, Tony Pollard in this spot as well, you know, is he he's actually catching the ball every single time. Pretty much. He, he's it's not a lot of wasted attempts. So, you know, it's not like he's dropping passes and, uh, you know, kind of fumbling them away. So I like I like this number for Tony Pollard as well. You know, this is a um, I think it's a I think it's a pretty bad low spot for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, again, this number seemed a little conservative to me at 19 and a half. So I think it's a great buy low spot. All right, Chris, take us over to player problem number three, man. What do we got?
1: So we are going back to a kicker. Haven't played a kicker, but once this year, we're going with uh, Jason Myers. I actually like Jason Myers a tad bit more uh, than the Dallas kicker in this spot. So his kicking points right now. Um, five and a half at some some shops. It's juiced at five and a half, like around minus one thirty. You can take it six and a half. I think the six and a half is is, is probably pretty good money as well, but we do know the difference is between five and a half and six and a half is that field goal. So two field goals will get it done for you, but you take that, you know, that six and a half, you need three field goals or, you know, two touchdowns and a field goal. So um, just, you know, whichever one you want to delay the juice is fine. Uh, when I was looking into this one, you know, this, this was stood out to me. First of all, looking at the Dallas side. Dallas, and this is not the great part of the cap. The, that's going to make you want to back it. But Dallas is actually doing really, really well. They haven't really given up a bunch of kicking points throughout the season, honestly. I, I want to mm-hmm. say they've, they've gone under, like opposing teams have gone under in like five of their last six games. And it's not a lot of t- times that teams have actually gone over this number. However, looking at the opposite side, Jason Myers is playing in the dome. So no weather, no weather concerns. It's always something I'm looking at when, I, when I'm capping these. And we expect Dallas defense to bend but not break in this spot. So even if Seattle moves the ball down the field, which I'm I'm hoping that they will at some capacity, their team total is 18 and a half right now. I think Dallas gets I think they'll step up in the def- in in the red zone. The defense mm-hmm. will step up. So I went in and looked at the Dallas defense specifically in the red zone. Dallas actually ranks six in opponent touchdown uh scoring percentage in the red zone at about 40%, which means that 60% of the time they're, you know, turnover on downs or teams are kicking field goals. So I love all of that. You go back and just look at Jason Myers in general, like this dude has been killing it. Three straight overs on his five and a half. And he's actually gone over in 10 of the 11 games so far that he's played. So he ha- he's having no trouble at all, you know, getting points, whether it's extra points, whether it's, you know, converting field goals. Um, we just need Seattle's defense to be Seattle's offense to be able to put them in, you know, good scoring position. Uh, and then to not score, which is what Dallas typically makes you do. So give me Jason Myers in this spot. You know, if I won't be the dead horse over five and a half, I think the six and a half is okay as well. Uh, kicking points here in this spot.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned at number one that's uh, the thing that stuck out to me is that he's done this in 10 of the 11 games uh, thus far this season for the Seattle Seahawks. And again, like you mentioned as well, the weather is not going to be a factor in this game. So if the Dallas defense is able to, you know, step up in the um, red zone, like you mentioned, that they have been, like they have been all season. I think there's an opportunity for, I don't know, Jason Mars to, um, you know, uh, get the, over this uh, projection of five and a half or, dip, or six and a half. You want to, you know, uh, pay a little bit less, less big on it. But I think for Pete Carroll, I think he's more of a conservative coach. Uh, where I think that he'll get his opportunities. That if he's able to get points, especially early in the game, I think he'll take that opportunity. Um, and again, like I mentioned, we've seen these primetime games just been going under the total. Um, you know, all throughout the season, so I think that if it is going to be a lower scoring game, the score, there are points to be had. It'll probably be via a field goal. Uh, you know, whether it's with. You know, Jason Myers or, you know, whether it's with the Dallas kicker. So yeah, I I can't argue against, this, especially a guy that's gone over this number in 10 of the 11 games thus far this season. All right. Uh, for my third player prop here, I'm going to go back to Dak and I think Dak throws an interception in this game here, Chris, I, 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 That number is around minus 110, minus 115 for Dak Prescott to throw an interception. And you take a look, uh, and I know this may be a little historical, but because Dak Prescott hasn't played the Seahawks since the 2020 season, but he's had three career games against the Seattle Seahawks. I know we talked about the Legion of Boom and all that, you know, um, that regime before they were, you know, either got traded or, signed with their teams or just broke up, but he's had at least two interceptions in each of the three career games against the Seattle Seahawks. And again, like I mentioned, it's 2017, 2018, and 2020. But we also take a look at the regular season. I know he's only throwing two interceptions his last five games, but I think that when you take a look at the secondary and when it is healthy, like it is right now for the Seattle Seahawks team, They will take advantage, and they have ball-hawking guys on that defensive side of the football. So they have at least um, intercepted a pass in back-to-back weeks against Matthew Stafford and Brock Purdy. They picked off, um, I believe it was yeah, P.J. Walker, two interceptions. They got one off of Joe Burrow. They got two off of Daniel Jones. Uh, They were able to get one off of Jared Goff. So I think that, again, if this team wants to stay in this game and stay within the number of eight and a half right now chris i think it's going to have to start on the defensive side of the football they're going to have to create some type of turnovers and hopefully that is an interception that's going to be thrown by dak prescott in this game so uh i'm gonna go dak prescott to throw a interception uh that's around minus 110 minus 115 definitely shop around for the best number um but currently over on bet rivers um that is currently at let me see here uh, minus one oh seven. So even better over on Bent Rivers right now. Dak to throw in interception, minus one oh seven uh in this game against the Seahawks here, Chris.
1: Yes, yeah, that is that I just think about when you know they're not even really handicapping it, they're looking at the numbers, you know. If I think about uh it's the time of the year for Dak, right? <laughs> the year yeah. is it's, it's getting towards that time of the season where you know Dak starts to, you know, make a, a few more mistakes. And, you know, maybe the defense forces them into a couple bad plays. Maybe, I mean, interceptions are so, you know, quarterbacks are so prone to th- throw interceptions, not even, uh, you know, from from the defense's perspective, but more so just from their guys. So, you know, tip pass, you know, goes the wrong way. Maybe that is something that leads to, uh, you know, a field goal for, for, for Jason Myers in this spot, you know, so hopefully they can get some good field position. I like it. Uh, give me Dak to throw at least one as well.
0: There we go. Uh, all right, Chris. Any honorable mentions we want to throw out there? Uh,
1: not really. I think um, I think I just kind of focused in on these ones. So not not a, not anything else that I like really stood out to me at all. Um, I know some wide receivers that's been playing pretty good for for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, CD Lamb, Ferguson's yeah. been doing pretty good, but I, I didn't play any of those guys. All right. I was actually
0: tempted by CD's under. Um, I think I saw a note of that. Wide receiver ones have not been doing very well against the C, uh, Seattle Seahawks defense. I'm going to dig a little more, and I'll, I'll try to treat, uh, tweet that out. Um, but I think I can see this going two ways, where this game turns into a blowout, and the guys are sitting, and either that, I think, the more likely scenario is, because of these primetime games, is that it's just a rock fight, and both of these defense step up, and it turns out to be a 17-9 to 9 type of final in this game. And I'm giving nine points uh, to the Seattle Seahawks there. So that gets you over your uh, kicking points uh, for Jason Myers. So uh, that was the only one that I was considering uh, in this, uh, in this game. But other than that, yeah, nothing else really stood out to me. Um, All right, Chris, let's get over to our uh, touchdown scores in this game here. Anything that stood out to you as far as touchdown scores?
1: Yeah, so um, I think Tony Pollard, you know, if he, he's been the guy that's been, uh, you know, getting in the end zone as of late, and I don't yeah. see a reason that, you know, I know you talked about him when you talked about his receiving yards, and maybe he takes one of those receiving – one of those receptions into the end zone. But um, Tony Pollard, I know he hasn't scored he, – he didn't score uh, in the last couple of weeks. Well, he did score in the last couple of weeks. He had back-to-back weeks where he has a touchdown. We did – I think we cashed on him in the Carolina game. But, um, yep. yeah, I like Pollard to kind of keep it going. He, I mean, he gets a favorable matchup. Seattle is allowing 1.3 Russian touchdowns per uh, game, which actually is the the fifth most. So, that, you know, the defense kind of breaks when it gets down to the, to the red zone. And I think that Dallas should, should utilize him when they get close down to the red zone as well. He's not really splitting carries, you know, too much. Um, and the Cowboys are projected to score 28 and a half points here. You know, that's four touchdowns. I need Pollard to get at least one and uh, may, maybe sprinkle on his double touchdown as well. I got to look up those odds, but yeah, I like Tony Pollard probably a little bit more than anybody else in this spot. You know, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Uh, again, I, I like his uh, receiving yards over. So I think that he's able to find the end zone in this game here. So um, yeah, I definitely do uh, like Tony Pollard. If you want to spring on the first touchdown score of the game, that's around plus four fifty. He He's actually the favorite uh, to score the first touchdown uh, for your, uh, the game overall. Um, a couple of guys that I was looking at, I think Jake Ferguson intrigues me. The tight end for the D- uh, Dallas Cowboys, he's around plus one seventy. Um, I know he's been involved in the passing game over the past couple of weeks here, and I know traditionally the Seahawks um, give it up to the tight end position, um, but I think he could be a sneaky look, especially if they get into the red zone. Uh, so I do like that plus one seventy for the uh, for Jake Ferguson of the the tight end of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think it's funny. I see the Dallas Cowboys defense score a touchdown. Is at three to one, just because of the pick sixes that drawn Bland has gotten. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, I'll throw a longer shot out there for the Seahawks. Uh, Noah Font find the end zone here, five to one. I don't hate that at that number. I think he could be a sneak look here as well. So um, I'll throw those couple guys out. The rest of them ones are, are pretty chalky. I mean Ceedee Lamb minus one forty five. Zach Charbonnet is at plus one twenty. Um, DK plus one ninety five. But um, yeah, I think I think those were the two. Nothing really jumped out to. It. I think. And we talk about these prime time games. It's probably going to be uh, another rock fight here. So uh, yeah. All right, Chris. Let's get into best bets here for this Thursday night football game here, my man. I'll let you lead off. What's your best bet?
1: We're going back to the top, man. Geno Smith, under 222 and a half passing yards. Shop around for, for the best number. But like you said, you know, we, we expect another rock fight of a of a primetime game. Dallas is really good defensively recently. And only three of the 12 quarterbacks they've faced so far this season have actually thrown for more than 223 yards. With uh, one of those being a consolation of uh, Sam Howell, who had to last week. I think any of us, any of the listeners could have threw for t- 225 yards last week, mm-hmm. given how many attempts he had. Such a pathetic showing by my commanders. But, yeah, I digress. Give me Gino under on his passing yards here on Thursday Night Football. Man.
0: Love it. Uh, all right, for my best bet, um, let's go Gino over the uh, rushing yards. I think this number is a, a little conservative here at 9.5. I think that that, again, like I mentioned, he's done it plenty of times this season opposing quarterbacks have been doing this more times than not against the Dallas Cowboys and against that pass rush is able to get there uh, or get home to Geno Smith um, and force him out of the pocket. I think that he can utilize his legs here and, and get up, uh, you know, get some rushing yards. you asking him to get over nine and a half. I don't think it's a huge deal here for Geno Smith. So Geno Smith over nine and a half uh, rushing yards in this game as my best bet. And, Chris, uh, before we get out of here, we'll put together our price picks entry for this game uh, between the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Uh, So I'll put our best bets in there. We'll go Gino um, less than, and this one's at 226.5 over on price picks on his passing yards, and then his rush yards is at 9.5. So I'll take the more than on that. I th- I really like your Jason Myers look. It's at six right now uh, over on uh, Price Picks, so we'll go higher on 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 uh, on Jason Myers here for more than six kicking points. So that power play, if you play it three for three, uh, we'll get you a nice five hundred dollar payout if you put a hundred dollar entry in, or if you want to do a fifty dollar entry, obviously that will get you two fifty. So we're gonna go with uh, Geno Smith. Less than 226 and a half passing yards. Geno Smith, more than nine and a half rushing yards. And Jason Myers, more than six kicking points in this game. Uh, that entry will get you a uh, around um, $100 entry. It gets you $500. Again, make sure to go to pricepicks.com. Use that promo code SGPN. It'll match your first deposit up to $100. Uh, and come join us and uh, make a little cash over on pricepicks.com. All right, Chris, that's going to do it for this edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, anything else you want to mention, my man, before we get out of here?
1: No, nah, that's it, man. Enjoy the game. Hopefully we get a good one. Hopefully it's a little bit closer than the spread indicates. I need Jason Myers to get a get a couple field goals in there. I need it to be a low-scoring game so, so Gino doesn't go under his uh, passing yards. Uh, also, same thing for Zach. I need him to go under his rushing yards, so I need a just a boring snooze fest of a game with some really good defense from the Cowboys here, you know, is what I need. Um, that I think that'll solidify all my bets. So uh, yeah, enjoy the game as always, bet responsibly and, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, leave a, leave us a, a positive review over on sports gambling podcast network as well. When you, when you guys are finished listening to the pod, best of luck to everybody tonight. We'll be back here soon to do week uh, to do the props for the weekend as well. You know,
0: yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably around Friday for the NFL Week 13 Sunday games, uh, player props. And also, uh, me and Chris will be doing the uh, NBA PropCast on Friday as well. So look out for us then. Um, you follow Chris on Twitter at Chris B and two Ps and two Ns. You can follow me on Twitter at Nerd 824 Like Chris mentioned, do us a favor, leave us a rating and review if you are um making money with us, or if you just like us, leave us a five-star review, uh, hopefully with a nice comment in there as well. All right, we'll talk to you guys there this week. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.